Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. Two or three weeks ago, we switched Madeline's car seat from rear-facing to forward-facing. It sounds like a small change, but it's been huge for us. Car rides are totally different now. Now that Madeline doesn't have to stare at the back seat and she can see what we see, she has so much more to say. And she'll stay in conversation most of the trip. Recently, though, Madeline commented on something she could see when it was just the two of us in the car. This time, though, I had no idea what she was looking at. Mama, there's a truck in your car. At least that's what I heard. But that didn't make any sense. A truck? In my car? I questioned. No, not a truck. A truck. You, you could hear the eye roll in her voice. <laughs> she was trying to say something other than truck, of course, but I couldn't catch it. Out there on the road, you mean? No, in the car. I pointed to the various buttons on the center console. This, this. No, the truck, the truck. Are you saying trunk, track? I searched my mind for words that kind of sort of sounded like truck. No, she grew more and more frustrated with me. Why aren't you listening, Mama? Can you try to use some other words? Describe it, maybe? Now Madeline, with tears streaming down her face, utterly disappointed, said there was no other way she could say it. I apologized. Madeline, I just don't know what you're saying, even though I'm really trying. 
Can you ask me again in front of Daddy tonight? Burton, by the way, has a great ear for three-year-old speech. She reluctantly agreed, still crying, but done trying to get her point across. And by the time we got home, she had forgotten. I still don't know what she was trying to say. It's frustrating when we can't understand someone. Maybe it's our own hearing or having different accents or speaking a completely different language. It might even be more frustrating, though, when someone doesn't understand us. Especially when we think we've been clear, expressed ourselves fully, used every synonym we could think of, and our listener still looks puzzled, or maybe even angry, or sad. And we can just tell what they've heard is not at all what we were trying to say. You can feel like Madeline, expressing yourself the best you can, and disappointed that you still haven't been understood. So what does this have to do with Pentecost? Our Pentecost text, the one from Acts chapter 2, is the one we read every year. And even though it wasn't our gospel text, I think it's the one we all associate with Pentecost. The Holy Spirit arrives in the most glorious, dramatic fashion with tongues of fire. This is the promised advocate, the one God who will dwell within, the presence that will guide the disciples in their mission, going with them as they spread the gospel. And the very first gift that the Holy Spirit brings is the gift of languages. But it's more than that. It's not a whole new language that everyone will speak now, erasing diverse cultures. It's not a divine language that only a few who are selected will be able to understand. It's the ability to speak in languages of the world. And the gift of being able to hear about God's love in one's own language. This is the gift of understanding. Of being able to listen and to feel heard. Suddenly, without study or preparation or four years of high school Spanish that seemed to yield no results, the disciples are able to speak clearly and fluently in the languages of others, in languages from nations around the world, places they've never traveled to. This, by the way, is the exact gift that the disciples needed. Jesus had commissioned the disciples to go and to baptize, to share the good news to the ends of the earth. But how? None of the disciples are described as scholarly. Perhaps they're familiar with a few languages, the language of scripture, their informal spoken language. But really, how far could they have traveled with their own knowledge? 
On this day of Pentecost, the Spirit equips them with the exact gift that they need to fulfill their mission. They now have the ability to communicate with more people than ever before. And these travelers who have come from around the world to gather in Jerusalem, who have now heard of God's power and love, well, they're going to return to their homes. And they might even share what they've heard. Jesus' vision for the disciples is starting to take shape. Maybe they're starting to see it too, starting to believe it. That with God's help, they can really do this thing that they've been called to do. I love the Pentecost text. I love the drama and the spectacle and the flair. But this year, the thing that I find the most striking, that I keep coming back to, is that gift of communication, this gift of understanding. And with it, that wonderful feeling of belonging. Because if you feel heard and understood, then you can feel like you belong. And if you take the time to listen and to learn, someone new can feel like they belong. Everything else, relationships, community, planning for the future, problem solving, conflict resolution, preaching and teaching, it all starts being able to understand and to be understood. So for those early followers of Jesus, they really need this. And for us today, we need this too. Just after the hymn of the day, we will welcome some new members. They're the people with the uh, fancy red flowers on, just so you know that they're special today. Now, I don't think any of them came from that far away, though Cindy was working in New Hampshire not too long ago. But every congregation has their own way of being or their own culture, their own language, if you will. Even among Lutheran churches, you'll find differences in where the baptismal font is located, whether there are kneelers in the pews, or how we receive communion. When you first come into a community, it takes time to learn what's expected. Can you have quiet conversation during the prelude, or is this a time to silently prepare for worship? Can you wave your arms in the air during your favorite hymn? During the peace, are people going to handshake or hug? Or are we still doing that peace sign thing? Is it fine to sit even when most people are standing? When we get to the Lord's Prayer, are we going to say sins or trespasses? It takes time to feel comfortable and to know what's expected. Sometimes people new to a community adapt to the group ways, like Sonia, who rocked, sung evening prayer during Lent last season. And sometimes new people bring their own ways of tradition and traditions to a group, and we change a little bit. And I'm excited to see that happen, too.
It takes some time, but we learn to understand each other. The Holy Spirit knits us together, and after a while, new members are just members. And we forget how long anyone has been here. We learn our spoken and unspoken languages. We change and we grow together. We remember that our way isn't the right way. It's just one way of doing things. This matters because what we do in worship is a reflection of how we act outside of worship. I want to use the word practice, but I want to use it in the best possible way. I don't mean practice as if to say this is just a rehearsal or it doesn't count or doesn't matter, because it matters deeply. What we do here in worship is practice being people of God in a place that's welcoming and forgiving and it's safe to grow and change, in a place where we hear God's word and we're being fed with the body of Christ. Now, with spiritual practices, we know that we'll never be perfect. But like any muscle that we're hoping to strengthen, we need exercise and repetition and accountability and grace as we learn. When we say there is a place for you at the table here in our sanctuary, when we pass God's peace to one another, when we pray for those who are sick or going through challenging times, when we welcome those who are once strangers and call them friends, when we seek to understand and when we feel understood, when we desire to live into our baptismal promises, we can't help but be changed. The Holy Spirit is at work within us. And if we can do these things here, practicing among God's faithful people, then maybe we can take these things with us into our homes and our workplaces, and into the larger church, and into schools, and into politics, and into our communities, into any place where there is conflict, distrust, injustice, miscommunication, unrest, anger, frustration, sadness, or despair, and bring the gift of understanding to these places, where it is the most needed. The day of Pentecost reminds us that we are all God's beloved children, that even at our most divided, we are united by the love of our Creator, and that the day the Holy Spirit arrived on the scene With gifts of healing and teaching and prophecy, the working of miracles, faith, all at her disposal. The most jaw-dropping, show-stopping gift of all that would make the crowd take notice and pay attention was the gift of understanding.
bringing people together from all over the world to be of one community in Christ. May the Holy Spirit be more present and alive than ever. Draw us together, Lord. Give each of us a place to belong. Bring our world the gift of understanding and teach us to love. Amen.